Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Tuesday, August 16, 2022. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else but stick around. You might learn something new. Hello, everyone. Sorry I didn't record last week. I don't know why I did it. Was I lazy? Did I just forget? No, actually, it's a little bit of both. Uh, it's still getting kind of readjusted. Plus, I've been exercising and working out more. I guess I, I just kind of lost my focus on uh, other stuff. But... I'm back. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Uh, what did I do this week? Well, yesterday was quite eventful. I'll probably talk more about it uh, on Halala Show with Rika because I was with that little diabetic little girl. Uh, we were at Okada, Manila. We had a hosting for a company called Essilor. Now, that might sound familiar. If you don't know what it is, you're kind of, you can, I'll give you a guess. Go ahead and guess. Okay, it's not a makeup brand, although it does sound like it. It's actually a, um, what do you call it? An eyeglasses brand, Essilor. And they were promoting a new, uh, their new kind of set of lens called Crizal, C-R-I-Z-A-L. And they had a, it was pretty cool. Uh, they had a test area there where you could test the, you know, you could dip your glasses and shit in flour and, and, you know, write, write marker, you know, use a marker to write on it. You could scratch test it. Pretty, pretty neat stuff, man. So shout out to the team of Essilor. Thank you for grabbing uh, me and Rika. And it was also kind of fitting that that was Rika. Well, she, I, I, unless she gets another one before she leaves. She told me that was her last hosting uh, until she leaves. So she already mentioned on Halala Show. In case you don't listen to Halala Show, Rika, my partner on Halala Show, is moving to Bristol. Bristol. So we were talking about that. I she told me that Bristol is more of a like a industrial like there's it's near the water so there's like ports and shit there and I think she said there is also like a lot of nature I'm not really sure so this was the last hosting that she had and I I thought it was really cool that it was it was uh it was very fitting that it was with me uh, I've hosted with Rika you know not as much as you'd think besides Halala show in terms of live hosting or event hosting I think we've only done like four, four or five together, which isn't a lot in the years that we've known each other. But I guess you got to take away two years for a pandemic. So yeah, we that was it. And of course, I was already at Okada. And I don't think I... Maybe that's why I didn't record last week. I fucking lost 9,000 pesos at Okada. Fuck! <laughs> Gambling's a hell of a drug! It really is. Uh, I mean, I don't... I Not to... Not to make light of gambling problems and addiction. I don't think I have it, but I, I know it's a very serious thing. But, oh, man, just gambling is just such a stupid thing. And what did I do yesterday after the event, since I was already there? I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And I won some, I won, I won some money back. So I didn't win all of my losses, but at least I won a little bit of, you know, to kind of pad that loss. But you should never chase losses. All right. Word of advice, never chase losses. 
that's that's just my life advice to you. Anything else that I did this week? Mm, I watched uh, I watched some pretty good movies, which I will probably mention on Halo Halo anyway. But let me go into a deep dive into them. Uh, the most recent one that I kind of remember... Actually, there's two. There's two movies I'll recommend to you. The first one is easily accessible. It's on Netflix. It's called Day Shift. So it stars Jamie Foxx, James... Fra- no, not James Franco. What's his brother's name? Dave Franco. Because James Franco's canceled, right? I think. So <laughs> Dave Franco, Jamie Foxx. Who else is in it? Snoop Dogg. It's a, it's a movie about vampire hunters. And I really enjoyed it. It wasn't super fleshed out all the way as much as I would have liked it to in terms of... Especially the ending. I thought the ending was relatively weak. The action is fantastic, though. So I did a little research behind it. So the guy... I don't know if it's the director or the stunt coordinator of Day Shift was the stunt team or whatever behind John Wick 2. So... And I even said the movie is a mix between Blade, John Wick, and I guess, yeah, I guess Blade and John Wick. It's a good mix. Uh, Yes, the action is fantastic. There's this one, you'll know what scene I'm talking about, but when you watch it, you'll know that, yep, that was probably one of the best action scenes I've ever seen, ever. It involves the Jamie Foxx and then these two brother guys. So... Just watch it. Just watch it, okay? Uh, what did I What did I enjoy about the movie other than the action? I like that they kind of showed a little bit, and this might be a minor spoiler. I don't think it is. They, they, they try to world build. So if you've ever seen John Wick, if you watch the first one, you know that there is the, you know, like the Continental, and then like there's like a League of Assassins or for hire, and they have rules and whatever and then in john wick 2 they delve more into that and then in john wick 3 he's trying to kind of get away from or he's trying to find a way from away from being chased by the the high council or whatever so progressively you see that there is a deeper world than just it's a guy shooting people for money right so john wick at in the first part it's mostly john wick oh he was an assassin and he there's a there's a sort of a guild that he works for and then it just kind of gets deeper into that so in day shift there's kind of something similar in that there is a vampire hunter association they show a little glimpse of it and then they also delve into different there there are different classifications of vampires which i thought was cool what i thought was lacking though was they they didn't expound on some things or they highlighted some things and then they never expounded on it. I, I It's like, why did you even bring it up? So, like, minor spoiler, they go into the different types of vampires in the movie. Like, there's five uh, genres or whatever, five races or five whatever nationalities of, of vampire. I don't know what word is the best to use there. But they don't really show the difference when, like, later on. It doesn't really show, like, they, they don't, they all, all the vampires kind of look the same to me in the movie. Despite them saying that there are five different kinds. I thought the main villain was, was rather weak in terms of her characterization. She wasn't that memorable. It's the girl from How Do I Met Your Mother, oh no, How to Get Away with Murder. 
uh, I forget her name. I think it's Lauren in the show. The white girl who actually speaks Spanish. She's actually Latina. But she looks super white. And I don't know if that's racist because there are white speaking like, you know, especially Spanish Spaniards. But she does. She looks like a white girl that doesn't speak Spanish. And then she always has to speak Spanish to remind you she's Spanish. That's what I feel like in the movie. She kept throwing in like a Spanish word. I, I don't know. I forgot the word like puta madre or some some sort of curse word. I felt like they just added that to the script to remind people that she has like Latin origins. Because if you didn't, if she didn't speak Spanish, I would have never assumed she spoke Spanish. Whether that's stereotyping or not, I don't know. I don't know about that. You, you figure that out. So yeah, day shift. But overall, still good movie. Uh, it's relatively funny. I think Dave Franco is really good in it for the limited screen time that he has. I think Jamie Foxx has, this is probably his better movie, one of his better movies in recent years. Cause I hated, I hated the, the other Netflix movie he did. The one with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Power? That movie was garbage! Oh, that movie was whack! So, maybe it's a return to form. Cause, cause Jamie Foxx was never really, he never really was a bad actor ever. But maybe it's a return to form to decent Jamie Foxx movies. I mean, Baby Driver, right? Was, when was Baby Driver? He was good in that. Uh, yeah, that's one movie. The other movie that I want to talk about is called 13 Lives. It was actually recommended to me by, uh, by Lechefan on the, our Facebook group. And it is based on a true story. So if you might remember, I think it was 2018, so four years ago now, there was an incident in Thailand where these a, a, a team of football slash soccer players uh, kids like 10 years old 12 years old whatever and their coach they got stuck in a tourist destination underground cave and it's a it they really had to go like hundreds of miles like not miles like two three kilometers underwater like they had to get divers to get it so it's a true story based on that and it just shows the perilous journey of rescuing them. And in the movie, sometimes you're going to be thinking, because I didn't know anything. I just knew of the story, but I never took a deep dive into it. And you're going to be questioning, like, did this shit really happen? And then when you go on Wikipedia, whether you trust the sources on there or not, you're like, holy shit, they really did do this. The I'm, I don't really, it's I don't know if it's a spoiler because you can, it's a true story. But the way that they decided to try to rescue the kids was fucking insane. I didn't know that they did that. You, It's better left off if you don't know the true story behind it. It's better that you just kind of find out in the movie. And then, I, of course, as I always do, I went on Reddit. And I found out that there's actually a documentary based off of that rescue, which is also highly acclaimed. Because 13 Lives was was really well received. But the people who watched the people who watched the documentary and watched the movie in the Reddit thread said that the documentary was even better and even crazier, like how the the facts and shit that they put in there. It really is a it really is a great film. I think it's not my favorite of the year or whatever, but it is a movie that will stick with me for a long, long time. 
I don't think I would ever watch it again. It's just one of those movies that I think I just, you know, watch it once and you're good. I actually cried at the end. Believe it or not, I rarely cry at movies. It was such a, I guess because the whole thing was just so emotional. The whole movie, you're just emotional the whole time. You're, you're, you care about the kids. You care about the divers. You care about the people. You care about the farmers. Yeah, there are farmers involved. You'll see what happened to them. That shit is just an emotional ride. And it culminates in such a great way. And what I also enjoyed about it is that I don't think, because uh, it's directed by, the fuck's that? Ron Howard, who I know I've seen some of his movies. I've seen like Apollo 13 and stuff. But I really appreciate how Ron Howard decided to not make it like a American cowboy rescue. Like they're, like the, 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 the divers. Nobody had a big ego, really. No one had a huge personality. They didn't uh, ham up any sort of government conflict. I mean, they kind of touch on politics a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's all about how people from all different parts and aspects of life and all over the world, in a sense, came together just to, for the better good of, or the, you know, the bigger, the higher good or whatever you call it, of rescuing these 13, these 13 people, these 13 lives. So I would definitely recommend it. Would 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's not a 10 out of 10 movie. I think there, there are some things that I think they could have done better. One thing that I feel like was lacking, which I hear is, is really well done in the documentary is the diver's actual journey getting through the caves. Cause if the water, it's flooded, right? It's flooded. And in the movie, they just use like a, a mini map that pops up to show the, the, the path that they traveled. But I don't think it really did justice of how fucking crazy that dive must be. Because they are, it, it's like narrow pathways with rushing water and they're, they have almost zero visibility. You don't really feel the intensity that much, except for maybe a few scenes. They'll show them in water for, you know, a, an extended period of time. That's one thing that I thought was lacking that would have maybe enhanced the experience, the, the, the gravity of the experience of the movie and of what really happened in real life. Uh, other than that, what else did I not really like? I mean, it's not a 10 out of 10 movie, but it's up there. It's good. It's like an 8. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I can't justify where the two points I took off are from. I just know in my mind that movie was an eight. I know some movies are nines. Die Hard is a 9.5, a 10 for me. <laughs> um, yeah, great, great movie, great movie. Okay, anything else? Um, been playing, oh, I just got the uh, card game that I ordered off Lazada, which actually shipped from China. So I was very surprised because I ordered it maybe Thursday and it's uh, Tuesday now. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, so five days it was able to get through shipping and customs and whatever. And I know Philippine customs is garbage. So maybe Lazada or maybe the shipper already has some sort of deal with them. Because whenever somebody ships me something from abroad, that shit takes like a month to get here. So kudos to that store or that seller. It's called Hanabi, H-A-N-A-B-I. Great card game. You you can play it with two people. Uh, I think you can go up to four or maybe five. Uh, it is 
it's, it's such a great game. I don't really know how to explain it on the podcast. It's a very visual game. But it's like solitaire meets... I don't know. You need some deductive reasoning. You need some teamwork. I would highly recommend it. And of course, I talked about it on Halala Show. The Mind. Uh, we've been playing The Mind lately. That game's also fun too. That one's more of a guessing game. But it also has a sense of... Uh, what do you call it? When you... when you Intuition, I guess. You, you kind of have to feel your the players that you're playing with you have to feel like do they have a card higher than mine should i put it down maybe i'll wait for them so those are the two uh, cards slash well they're called i think they they are they fall under the category of board games but they are card games so the mind and hanabi if i were to pick one for you to start with i think hanabi is it has more skill there's more skill and logic and deductive reasoning in hanabi than there is in the mind and technically you could actually make your own bootleg version of the mind you just need to number uh cue cards or or flash cards one through a hundred and then you can play the mind <laughs> pretty much um what else uh what else did i do oh yeah we watch Bullet Train. Oh, I fucking forgot. I, I, why did I add that to the list? Dude, okay, maybe because the the Day Shift and 13 Lives I watch at home. Bullet Train. Movie theaters out right now. Go watch it. If you're going to do any movie thing, if you if you are looking to go on a movie ex, ex, ex escapade, like, hey, I, I haven't seen a movie in a long time in the theaters. I want to eat some popcorn. What should I watch? Go watch Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. Is it Bradley? Wait, let me look it up. Yep, William Bradley Pitt. So go see Bullet Train, starring Bradley Pitt, uh, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, who you might know from Kick-Ass. You might know him from Quicksilver in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where he dies in, in Age of Ultron. What is Aaron Taylor? You might know him from the first Godzilla movie where he's actually married to Scarlet Witch in that movie. But then their sister brother in uh, Marvel, whatever. Um, it also stars the guy in the black guy in Eternals. I forget his name, but he's really good in this movie. The highlight of this movie is that black guy. I'm sorry. I don't know his name. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look him up. I don't want to just refer to him as the black guy, right? Because uh, I, I I haven't seen anything else that he's been in except for these two movies. What is his name? Brian Tyree Henry. He was probably my second favorite character in the movie next to Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, he was in Godzilla vs. Kong. He was the the nerdy guy that they, they used. He wasn't that great in that movie. I, actually, I think I found him annoying. That's why. But he was great in Eternals. He was Fastos in the Eternals. And then in Bullet Train, he plays a character named Lemon. And you, I don't want to... Yeah, just watch it. Just watch it. Dude, movie's so good. It, it The weakest part of that movie, just a minor heads up, is the chick from from uh, Kissing Booth, who I can't take seriously because she looks like she's 12. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, she... I just know... I don't know. She she plays a... Well, yeah, she's an, she's an antagonist. Actually... Everyone in this movie is kind of an asshole antagonist character. 
But something, I don't know, just something about when I was watching her, I was like, fuck, man, they could have just used someone else for her, and I think it would have been better. But I'm not saying she was bad. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying she was bad. Oh, Brian Tyree Henry, by the way, he isn't in the show Atlanta, which I never really watched, but I feel like I need to pick it up. I watched the first two episodes, so I'm sure I saw him then, but since I only watched two episodes, nothing really stuck to my memory. So maybe because of his performance in this movie and because I liked him in Eternals, maybe I will pick up Atlanta now. Yeah, so Bullet Train, great movie. Uh, if you're looking for great action, it, the action is, is just as good as, as Day Shift, just as good as John Wick, although a little more uh, wild or a little more, what's the word? Okay, to put it simply, Bullet Train is like a live action anime. I don't know if that paints a picture for you guys, but it's like a live action anime. The, the color theme or whatever, I'm not really into color palettes or whatever, but the color theme, like the neon lights, it's set in Japan, although they didn't film there because of COVID apparently. It's, it's just such a great film. The humor, it's one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, BT dubs. It's it's genuinely funny. It do, it doesn't try hard to be funny, and which I appreciated. Like they didn't try to run off jokes, unlike that fucking Thor movie. Thor love and Thor love and humor is what they should have called that movie. Oh no no, not even Thor love and I can't think of a word. It's just they tried too hard. Love and thunder, like love and thunder. Is is a six out of ten for me. It was just very below. It was even average. It was below average in my opinion. There are a few good scenes in Thor, but the fucking goats piss me off. Goats, man, lambs, llamas. You know, if you watch Thor: Love and Thunder, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And you know that sound I just made? I kid you not. If you haven't seen it, they make that sound at least 20 times in the movie. You know, it's funny the first time. And, and then they just, they kept going. And they kept going. And like, oh my God, I bet they're going to laugh again if we do. Oh my God, it was just fucking, I had it. I had had it with those goats. I will caldereta those goats. <laughs> but bullet train back to bullet train uh without spoiling mm, yeah i i really like the backstories of most of the characters and it makes you like it, it i think it's a it's a great lesson for maybe filmmakers out there on how to get people to care about characters even though they are not good guys because Usually you want bad guys to die. But in this one, I kind of didn't want anyone to die. Well, maybe a couple characters, but I didn't want anyone to die, despite me knowing that these are not good people. That's how good I think the movie was, or whoever, you know, the director or the script or the, I don't know, the script writer or whatever, whoever makes that decision. It was really well done. The, and it's just the, the, the buildup is great. There's a little bit of mystery involved. Although I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks because it, 
like I said, it's like a live action anime. And of course, in anime, there's always flashbacks. They did the flashbacks really well in that they added stuff and they didn't rub it in your face. The thing I fucking hate about flashbacks, and I complained about this when I watch uh, Itaewon class or Itaewon, how do you say it? Itaewon, the Korean drama. Uh, and I, and I, and then I, I heard from other people that it's actually a common thing in K dramas is that they will always show flashbacks. What I hated about the flashbacks in the day one class is that they would show you a flashback that they literally just showed you the scene like an episode ago. I kind of feel like it makes you... They think that... the It makes me feel like whoever wrote it thinks I'm dumb, that I forgot already. I think it's it's better if you just show flashbacks that give a, a hint of something or whatever... Rather than rubbing it in your face, oh look, in the past, this guy murdered this guy's father, and look, it's this character. We want to make sure you know that this guy murdered this guy. Or we want to make sure you know that this guy said something hurtful to this character, and the words are repeated over and over again, just so you know that this guy said it to this character. So that you don't forget. I hate that. I I really don't like that. In, in flashback. That's why I don't like flashbacks. Because I feel like they're just... I don't know. You know. But in this in this case, Bullet Train, I think, did really well at portraying um, flashbacks. And not being... It's still adding a sense of... Like, the flashbacks had more of a purpose than just... I, I don't know. I feel like I... I, I, I'm try, I, I think I'm trying to sound like a film critic of some sort... You'll, when you watch it, you'll see like, oh, that flashback was cool and it, it added to the movie rather than just, you know, giving you information that you probably already have known, should have known versus giving you something that, oh, me, I wonder what this is. I like that part. Like, I wonder what this flashback is about. Anyway. Mm, yeah, bullet train. 25 minutes. All I talked about was movies today, man. Okada. I talked about Okada. I mean, I guess I should say that. I'm, I'm probably going to do all this in Hada Show because normally, right, I, I set my podcast to Tuesdays because we used to record Sunday or Monday. But due to uh, our Rika schedule, we've been doing it on Wednesday. So I find myself repeating a lot of my shit on, on where you've been. So I don't know uh, if I'm going to repeat all of this. So maybe consider this a sneak little sneak preview, huh? Or a sneak uh, exclusive look. It's kind of like OnlyFans, but for thoughts about my movies. Right? You, and you're not paying. Yeah. <laughs> um, other plans for that? I mean, I don't really have any other plans. I've been biking a lot. Every day, I've exercised for at least 60 minutes. Every day, since I got back here from the States. Because I gained so much weight. And I've been eating clean, relatively clean. I, I think I've had maybe one day where I went a little bit over than I wanted. But every day has been good. My discipline is a good good. However, I did just get sent a cake from Paper Moon. But I will not finish it, at least all in one sitting. I'll, I'll spurse it out. I think my control has been good. My biggest fear is because I'm going back to the States next month, end of September. And I need to carry this momentum over. And if I don't, then I think I failed myself. But I, I feel like my mindset is getting to that point. I just need to reach that that level of of uh, I don't want to say enlightenment because I feel like that's <laughs> I might get canceled. Will I get canceled for saying that? Isn't that a religious thing? Um, 
this this level of clarity, you know, lang clarity where I am confident that I can count my calories, that I won't overeat, or if I do overeat, then I will compensate that by eating less later, or maybe, or maybe work out a little bit more before I eat that big meal, etc., etc., so that I can stay within my goals, my macros, whatever, what you name it. And yeah, so wish me luck with that. I, I mean, I, I always say it on the podcast. I, I think every time I've started a fitness journey, I've started on, I've said it on the podcast. And I think every time I always say, this is going to be the time. This is going to be the one. So I'm not going to say it this time. I'm not going to say this is going to be the time when I finally commit. But what I will say is that I am still doing it. And I think that's what really matters, right? Like you're still trucking on despite the missteps you've had. I've had rather despite the failures I've had, despite my huge my monumental 16 pound failure. There we go. I said it. I'm living with it. I had a good time. It was vacation. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the goat in Thor. I'm going to end the podcast now. Thank you very much for listening. I don't know if I'm going to record on Friday, but at least I got one out this week just to kind of touch base with everyone out there. We have some big sponsors coming, by the way, for Halali Show. So please listen to us and please participate in the online shit that we're going to be posting throughout the week. Have a great rest of yours as well at that. And I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.